Good morning, folks. Good morning. I'm from the great state of Tennessee. Amen. But, but I don't think that they, though we're in the South, could ever be more kind than you folks have been. I really appreciate the privilege to be here. I was here once before, and uh, the Lord, I thought, helped us, and He surely helped me, and I hope He helped you as well. Amen. It's an honor to be here on this Veterans Day, and I really thought about preaching on Naaman. You know, he was the great soldier of Syria, but he had one problem. And that was the biggest problem that all of us has ever had. He had leprosy, which is a type of sin. But isn't it wonderful that God in his providence and grace brought him to the salvation of the Lord? And I bless him today. He's so good. I appreciate your pastor. I talked to him this morning and he was doing rather well in the state of Texas. But I think he was homesick for uh, to be back home. Uh, but he said he was having a good meeting there, and you keep him in prayer. This being Veterans Day, how I appreciate all the veterans and all the families that sacrificed that we'd have the liberty and the freedom that we've got. And I don't mean to have a bad spirit but I have no use by people that don't have any respect for our veterans. Isn't that right? Praise God, we ought to give them all a good hand. We ought, if we don't do anything else today, we ought to honor the Lord and honor our veterans. Isn't that right? Thank you, thank you for all you've done. I had a grandson, I have a grandson, and his name's Zach. And of course, I've had other family members that served in the military, but Zach was a Marine. And he made, uh, he, he went to war in Iraq. And God was so gracious to him that he didn't get a scratch while he was there. And I don't know that this is proper to say these things before I preach, but I remember one night in particular, it was somewhere around two o'clock in the morning and he was in Iraq and the Lord woke me up. I'm glad I know the Lord. I'm glad I have the spirit of God that's living inside of me. And I'm glad that he leads me through his word. But I, I woke up one morning about two o'clock and I had such a burden for Zach. And uh, I, I prayed that God would keep him safe. I didn't know what he was facing. And occasionally we'd get to speak to him. And he said to me, Papa, he said the other day, he said we made rounds and uh, we'd do it every day, the same place. And he said there's an Iraqi came out there about the third or fourth day after we'd been making those rounds. And he said, there's a bomb right out there and you've gone over it for the last three or four days. They said they didn't believe. They said, we just didn't believe it, but we thought we'd call the bomb, uh, the, the bomb squad, the bomb squad. 
and they came and it was there. Now I'm going to tell you, we serve a God that's got all power in heaven and in earth. And I praise him and I bless his name. Well, I want, I want to preach this morning from the book of John chapter 16. I want to talk somewhat about the work of the Holy Ghost in salvation and in service. I'm beginning in verse number seven of John chapter 16. And thank God for the good music. Good Sunday school lesson. They ought to drive for miles to come to just be in this worship service, don't you think? Yes, sir. All this deadness we got today. It's good to be in a place that's got a little life. So Jesus said unto his disciples, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He never did do anything else but tell the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. And we know the comforter is the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, and I'm glad he's come, he shall reprove. Now that word reprove carries with it the meaning of convict. Conviction. You do believe in conviction, don't you? I'm talking about the Word of God is preached or taught, and the Holy Spirit of God brings conviction. He said, I'll reprove the world of sin. I'll reprove the world of sin. Have you ever been reproved of your sin? You know the reason why men do not want to get saved, they love darkness rather than light. Jesus did not come in this world to condemn the world, but he come that he might save sinners from their sin. He come the first time as the lowly savior, but when he comes back the next time, he'll come back as the judge. If you're lost this morning and don't know the Lord, then I want to tell you this. You already have been judged because the Bible said in this section of the word of God that he'd reprove the world of three things. Number one, he would reprove the world of sin. And then he'd reprove the world of righteousness. And then the third thing he said, and of judgment to come because the prince of this world has been judged. And the prince of this world, by the way, is the devil. But the devil has already been judged. And by the way, the devil cannot ever do anything that Jesus don't allow him to. And let me say something else about the devil. God, a lot of times in your life and even in my life, he uses the devil that Jesus might be glorified. Isn't it a wonderful thing that God is in control? In these days, there's a lot of questions and a lot of things that's going on. But I've been in this thing now for a long time. And I want to give a report to you that he's never let me down. 
I got saved by the wonderful grace of God in 1957 in a country church in the hills of North Georgia. I went down to that old-fashioned altar under Holy Ghost conviction, and I come out, come up a saved sinner, saved by grace. I'm glad salvation is by grace through faith, that not of yourself, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. You've got salvation today. It's a gift of God. And if you don't have salvation today, I want you to know it's the gift of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, the Lord reached out his hand, saved me by his grace. I don't ever get tired of telling the story of how Jesus saved me from my sin. Why would you do that? The apostle Paul, Told it everywhere he went. How he's on that road to Damascus and how that the Lord did what he did for him. And I want to tell it. Maybe I'm doing more just testifying than I'm preaching. But I I, I tell you, it's just good to be able to tell you that Jesus saves. Now, I was no saint before I got saved. But when he saved me and put me in the family of God, he made a saint out of me, but that don't mean that I'm perfect. All right. Let's see if we can't get down to business and deal with these three things that's before us that has to do with the reproving work of the Holy Spirit. Before I do that, let me say this. 1957, I got saved by the grace of God. Not long after I got saved, God started dealing with me about preaching. And he called me to preach. By the way, I do not believe men that are not called ought to preach. In fact, I don't believe men that are not called can preach. Is that all right? He called me to salvation, but he called me to service. And I, I started preaching in 1957 in August. And I've been preaching now for 65 years. And there is nothing in this world as wonderful as the old, old story that Jesus saves. He saves to the guttermost and to the uttermost all of those that will come to him. Oh, God will save him by his grace. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Don't seem like it. I can get anything done much this morning, but just tell you, just brag on Jesus. If that's all right, isn't it? Oh, he's a wonderful, wonderful Lord. And I bless him if that's so. So... God sure has been good to me. Amen. Sometime back there, uh, after God had moved us to Tennessee, and uh, my wife in there and the boys, uh, my wife's health went down, and when it went down on her, then I gave the church up in 2002. 
I won't go into all of that, but I looked after her and cared for her. She, you know, I was preaching out some and she said to me, uh, why don't you just put me somewhere? And I might've told you that when I was here before. She said, why don't you just put me somewhere and uh, you will be free to preach anywhere you can go and preach. And I said, well, I don't know what we'll do, but we won't do that. <laughs> and I went out to, out to the other side of Atlanta and preached a meeting and I took Vance Haffner's book on Though I Walked Through the Valley. And Brother Haffner's wife had passed, gone to be with the Lord, and that was a great help to me. And I read the Bible all the week. Preacher, I didn't see him except at night. I probably wept more that week than I'd ever wept in my life until on the, the 20th, on the 10th day of December, uh, this She'll be gone two years, but I didn't lose her. I know where she's at. But I sure do miss her, but I know where she's at. Do you know where you're going when you leave here? This is a mixed up message, but I hope it's a message from God. I had it all worked out and all of it planned and I was sitting there and they began to sing and the Holy Ghost began to speak. Praise God. He said, I want you to, I want you to exalt the Savior and I want you to tell folks that it takes the Holy Ghost of God to convict them of their sin. If you're not convicted of your sins with the Holy Ghost, you can't be saved until he, but if you come to him, he will in no wise cast you out. Right. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe it's all right to praise the Lord, don't you? Amen. Oh, yes. I guess because of my age, sometimes I get to praising God and forget where I was. <laughs> But God, the Holy Ghost, does the work. He said he had reproved the world of sin. So that's what he did to me. He reproved me of sin. Now listen to me closely. When I was saved, I'd already made a profession of faith. In fact, when I was 10 years of age, I made a profession of faith. I really wanted to get saved, but I didn't get saved. And so I got baptized. I joined the church. But I want to tell you, salvation is not just coming to church. Salvation is not just hearing the preacher. Salvation is not just being in a good, wonderful service like we're having here today. But salvation is in the person and that person is the risen Lord Jesus Christ the perfect son of God if you're here he's able to wash all your sins away if you've never been saved by God's grace oh I was sitting there on pew three right over here and the spirit of God started working with me they was having revival and I didn't, he'd been dealing with me and I didn't hardly know, I didn't know what, he, what was going on really. 
If you're lost, you don't understand anything spiritual. You just think you do. See, you got to get in the family of God before you can understand anything spiritual. And the Lord began to deal with me. And they sing a couple of invitations, verses of invitation. And I was reasoning with God. And I said, Lord, you mean the Lord talks to you? He sure does. He's talking to me and I wasn't even saved right then. You better believe the Lord talks to you through his word and by his spirit. And I said, Lord, if they sing another verse, I'm going to go down there. Well, the preacher said, we're going to sing another verse. And it looked like they looked straight through me. I didn't know nobody else hardly was in the building. And he said, this verse is for you. And he was right on there. So here I go down to the old fashioned, we called the mourner's benches in those days. That's what the old timers called it. And I'm an old timer. You see, I don't have to advertise that, do I? <laughs> but, uh, but I went down to that old altar and I told God everything that I, that I felt like I had ever done that I thought of, but you can't repent of everything you've done because you don't know how, how many sins is piled up on you. But if you come to Jesus, he knows. And when you turn from sin and turn to Jesus, he'll lift you out. I know as well that I am saved and on my way to heaven as I'm here today. I might know that better than I'm, the fact I'm here today. Praise God, it's wonderful. And I've been walking with him now for better than 65 years. Praise his name. And I came down. You know, I believe I ought to say this for the benefit of somebody struggling with your salvation. When I got down to that altar that night, I prayed and I wept. And I confessed to God everything I knew to confess God to God. And I asked him to save me. And I think I had done everything that I could do. You see, salvation is not much of what you can do. It's what he can do. And what he does, he draws you. The spirit of God draws you to Jesus. And when he gets you to Jesus and you repent of your sin, turn from your sin and willing to forsake your sin and you look away by faith under the Lord Jesus Christ, there's one way to heaven and that's through him. I read that Oprah said there's many ways to heaven. But a lot of people from Hollywood's wrong. Most all of them that I know anything about. Come on now. Isn't that right? So I got, I got up off my knees and 
sat down on the altar and the preacher came along and he had that big old Bible under his arm and he walks up to me and I don't know where he said young man. He might even call me by my name, but I know he said this. Why did you come down here? I said, I come to get saved. And he said, well, are you saved? And I said, no, I don't think so. But then I related to him. I come because I know God was speaking to me. I've asked him to save me. I've repented of everything I know to repent of. I don't know nothing else to do. There's nothing else you can do. But I tell you what, he can do something. That old preacher opened his Bible in John 5, 24. And he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's the word of God. And he looked straight at me, brethren, and you know what he said? He said, now, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and go to hell? Are you going to believe in the Savior, the Lord Jesus, by faith? He didn't say nothing else. It's kind of strange, but he put his Bible under his arm, walked back to about the front of that pew right there, and I'm sitting there. And I don't know how it happened, but I know it happened. The light come on in my soul and Jesus come in and my sins were gone and I had liberty in Christ. He saved me. I know he saved me. I was there when it happened. This is real to me here this morning, if not more so than it was the day he saved me. Hallelujah. Are you glad? I'm excited about serving him. I'm excited about living for him. I'm excited about rejoicing in Jesus. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, we need a work of God in our hearts. Oh, I tell you, it's so wonderful. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of having a good time up here. Amen. Amen. You know, if you work down on a job, they pay you time and half time, don't they? <laughs> so I've got about 15 more minutes and then I'm going to be on time and half time. <laughs> you got any more water? I may need it. <laughs> I'm just excited about the Lord. Now, a lot of people don't like this, and I understand that. If you're not used to it, I wouldn't probably like it either. But there's something about the power of God. Sometime at my age, I'm sitting there, and I think, Lord, how in the world am I going to get through with this? And I get up there, 
and God, he touches me. And I almost feel like sometimes I could run all the way to Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. But when I get down and get close to the bed and I lay down, I feel like I already run to Tennessee. You ever been like that? I'm telling you, God's power is what I'm talking about. When he's come, he'll do this. He'll reprove the world of sin. See, there's original sin. All of us were born in sin. You're sinners, whether you know it or not. Whether you believe it or not, we're sinners. There's two kinds of sinners. One kind of sinners is the sinner that's never been saved. What do you mean by being saved? He's never come to Jesus and trusted him as Lord, and the Savior's never come in. But not only that, they're saved sinners, and they're called saints of God. That's what we are that are saved. We were just old sinners, just like you are an old sinner if you're here in law. God will save you to the uttermost. I don't care what your sin is. If you'll come to Jesus, he'll save you from your sin. So I'll just give you the outline. If there's an outline to what I'm preaching. He'll reprove the world of what? Of sin. And then what's he going to reprove the world of righteousness? Whose righteousness? He'll let you know that you're not righteous. The Holy Spirit of God will convict you. And if you've never saw yourself lost, and if you've never saw yourself as a lost sinner, then you're not saved until the Spirit of God wakens your spirit that's dead in trespass and sin and brings you by conviction to realize that you need help and man cannot help you. Man cannot help you. Mama can't help you and daddy can't help you and the preacher can't help you, but I tell you who can, Jesus can help you. So he reproves us of Righteousness. He shows us we don't have any righteousness. But tonight God saved me, and if if you're saved the night or day or whenever God saved you, he put righteousness inside of you. You got born from above. You got born of the Spirit of God. You got regenerated, born by the Spirit of God, and you were brought into the family of God and into the body of Christ, and God, Holy Spirit, has indwelt you, and you are saved by grace if you've come to Christ and he saved you. I want to say something about that righteousness. I want to say in the light of Christ, you ought to get a hold of this. If you're saved and don't ever turn loose from it, that part that's in you and that part that's in me, that's had a new birth, that's born of God, is as pure as God himself. Now you have the flesh, you have the world, and you still have the devil to deal with. But the flesh, the world, And the devil cannot destroy your salvation. In fact, the righteousness 
that Christ Jesus put in you the day you were saved by God's grace or whenever you were saved is as pure as God himself. A lot of people think, oh, it's what he's about to say going to be right. I'm not blaspheming God, but I'm going to tell you, if you're saved, you've got as much right to heaven as Jesus has, or you don't have no right at all. Because it's not your righteousness. It's not my righteousness, but it's his righteousness that come on me that day and God saved me by his power. And then, and I might deal with this tonight. There's a difference in being indwelt with the spirit and being filled with the spirit. The difference in being indwelt with the spirit and walking in the spirit. But thank God for the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And he said, I'll reprove the world of sin of righteousness and judgment to come. Now, dear sinner, I know unless God enlightens you, you won't understand. Some people say, well, I'll just take my chances. I was in a service three weeks ago today, I believe it was, over in the mountains. And I preached on the white throne judgment. There's conviction in the service. When I finished preaching, there's an elderly lady sitting over here, and she came to the altar. And she got down there, and she began to weep. I thought she was probably praying for some of her loved ones because she was always faithful to that church when I'd go there to preach. And she wept and wept. The preacher just left her alone, and she, she got up. And he said, what's going on with you, Sue? And she said, preacher, I've been disturbed for 18 months to two years about my salvation. And God has showed me I'm lost and I've come to him and I've called on the Lord and he has saved me. Now, I meant to say something a while ago and God's brought it back to my mind. The Bible said in Romans, Ephesians 2 and 8, 9. By grace are you saved through faith. And what did he say then? And that not of yourself. That's what was wrong with me. You can't save yourself. I tried that. You can't save yourself from your sin. Well, you don't know my sin. It don't make any difference. Jesus' blood It's got the power to wash away all your sins. All your sins. He'll blot them out. There's nothing like the power of the blood of Christ. And of judgment. Listen to what Jesus said. And I'm closing. I think I need to read John 16, but then I want to point out some things. That whosoever believeth in him, talking about Christ, should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave, gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth 
That means continuous action. I believe 65 years ago, this past March, and you know what's been happening ever since? I'm still believing. You don't have to hunt me on Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday night. What about you? Do you love Jesus? All right, watch it. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now here's the verse I want you to sure get. In fact, there's two of them. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. That's the work of the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. But that the world through him might be saved. He's talking about the world of mankind. He that believeth on him is not condemned. You're not judged if you believe on him, but if you don't believe on him, you're already judged. Once you come to the age of accountability. I got a good friend now. He was saved over 50 years ago. He's one of the best friends I know. I went down to his house one Sunday afternoon and another brother was with me. And I began to deal with him from the scriptures of how to be saved. And he told me later, he's told me several times, he said, I did all right with all the scriptures until you come to verse 18. He said, when you come to verse 18, he's, he that believeth not on him is condemned, judged already. But he that believeth not is condemned already. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, this is your condemnation. That lights come in the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. What happens when you come to a service like this and you're lost? You hear the pastor preach. You hear someone else give out the word of God or give out the word of God like I've given it out today. And God puts the light on it. Puts the light in, in your mind and speaks to your heart and lets you know that you're lost. And if you've come here this way, that way this morning and God's spoken to you and you go out that door, in one way, you're, you're in much more uh, sad condition going out than you were when you came in. But you know what you could do? You could get up from wherever you are. In just a moment as we give invitation, you can get up from right where you are and you can come down here and someone will pray with you. But most of all, Jesus will help you. He's the one that helped me through the word. That old preacher just said one, I don't even know if I remember what they preached that night. But I remember one thing. I remember that verse and I remember what he'd done for me. Amen. Have you ever really been saved or do you just have religion have you ever really no. been saved no. or did you just have water baptism? Religious people are perishing by the multitudes across our beloved country. And I love America. I love America. But only Christ can save you. We're standing together while we get a song and I want us to 
I think I'll take the liberty, if it's all right, I'll give an invitation. Some people will be here to help you. If you need to come, you come. Come and get on your knees before the Lord and ask God to help you. Will you do that? Some's coming for one reason or another. Others need to come. While God's speaking, while God has spoken, while the Holy Spirit is working, would you come? I wish you'd close your eyes. I want to ask one question. I'm not playing any tricks on nobody. No tricks on nobody. I don't care. I don't, I'm not trying to trick you. I want you to know that. Is there anyone or how many that's in on my left and on your right in that section would say, preacher, I know I'm saved. Would you put your hand up high as you can? If you know you're saved, you know you know the Lord. All right, all over, people raise their hand. Many people, you can put them down. You can put them down. Many people raise their hand. We was in a service some time ago. Will you listen to me? And there was a young girl, she was 14 years of age. The preacher made that proposition. And you know what the girl said? She came and got saved. You know what she said? She said, when the preacher said, if you know you're saved, I want to see your hand. She said, I started to raise my hand because I'd made a profession. But she said, the spirit of God said to me, you're not saved. Has the spirit of God said anything to you today? Do you need to come? Oh, I would that you'd come. I would that you'd come if you're not saved. 